Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hi Lauren, I'm Charles. Hey! Oh my god, today we have kind of a weird one. We're doing a live from 1993, directed by Frank Marshall. This is Charles's pick, and I just want to know why I've never seen this movie before, so full disclosure until today, but why did you pick this one? Why did you want to do this one? Well, I was sort of in kind of, well, the last le- week of the Olympics kind of put me in a foul mood. And I, um, in order to focus on things that didn't involve Russia or like team doping, I was like, let's watch a mass air casualty m- movie that ends in cannibalism. So, <laughs> I mean, also with watching 28 Days Later, we're really like sussing out all possible, uh, like what we would do if. So, we're in like a survival mode block here in the yeah. podcast. So, yeah, we've had like similar themed movies, like What Would You Do? This was terrifying, especially finding out that this crash was like human error. Yeah. Like, yeah. that sucks. And it wasn't, like, an actual, like, airplane malfunction, mechanics, or, like, weather, or, like, something that, like, you know, they couldn't control. This was something that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I um think I think they're just flying in, like, a not great aircraft that didn't have radar. Oh, yeah. Um, Horrible safety, I think, regulations, like, this particular aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. fucking a man fucking a based off of a true story which was a book written by piers paul reed called alive the story of the andes survivors in 19 was it 76 i forgot to write down i I want to say 74 but i could be wrong okay and the actual crash was in on the friday the 13th of october in 1972 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, I believe that several survivors from the plane crash have since published their own books. Oh, Um, okay. So I, um, I believe that, uh, Nando Prado, who's played by Ethan Hawke in this movie, published his, his own book, um, like a few years ago. And then also, uh, Roberto Canessa, um, published his own book too. Um, so I think there's, um, some sort of interested in sort of, I don't know if I want to buy them, but maybe I can like, you know, nonchalantly browse in the, um, Barnes and Noble for a few hours without being, being noticed. You know? <laughs> Just see, yeah. See what that book is about. Yeah. 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 That would be interesting to hear it because, um, the guy who did write the book, this movie's based on, I think he talked to a lot of the survivors, but it's not in their own words. Yeah. Well, I um well, I actually um got the book on Audible and been kind of listening to it for the last week or so. Oh, um, okay. And it's um I mean, it's 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 weird because it's like um it's like sort of written from like a third person perspective. So even though it's all true, it's like not you don't there's not like a chapter where like, you know, Knessa explains what's going on in, in his head. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's good. Um, there's um, there's some there's some stuff that kind of got left out of the movie that um, I uh, thought kind of was were like most in, in interesting parts. Oh, like, um, like just uh, like just towards the end when like uh, Nando and Kanessa K- K- are able to like basically walk out of the Andes and reach help. They kind of like yada yada through, through that whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I I have to say this movie is like, it's like really good. And yeah, it was really good. um, And um, my dad um, allowed me to rent some questionable things when I was young, including this, 
this movie. Oh, um, no way. That was my next question was how did you, when did you first see it? Because I just, mine's not interesting. I, I saw it today. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've, I, I sort of been, I, I first saw this movie when I was like maybe 10 or 11. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Um, and, um, it's I intense. Think, yeah, yeah. And like, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on until I like watched it again, like a few years later. Um, oh and it's, it, it's like, it's, it's like a genuinely horrifying story, but it's like oddly, like, um, like, like inspiring too. Like it's, um, it, 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 I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's pretty, it, it, it's pretty good. It really like, it really shows you the tenacity of, of human beings. Yeah. Like to not give up and to, it's almost like almost an animal instinct, like just like animals fight to survive. You know, they, yeah. they don't give up. They try everything they can. And there's always going to be either, you know, the people who want to survive or, I mean, at, at that point they kind of reached that in, I mean, pretty early in was like, you know, are you trying to survive when the question of cannibalism came up? Now it's not cannibalism as we think it is like, I think people think it's worse. Like I think people think you think of killing someone for that reason, but these were people who had died yeah, like in the crash. So not saying that it's not, it just kind of has a different feel. Like this is a survival thing. This is not like a pleasurable thing. Yeah. It's not something that they wanted to do, but in order to survive, I mean, they were so far up in the Andes too. Like the air, the fact yeah. that it was like below 30 at night, like the conditions they were in was just, I mean, it's bad enough if you were in, uh, you know, a mountain cap that was, you know, hikeable that you could hike yeah. down to, and there was nothing around. But I mean, this this was like insane. Well, you well the thing that this and other survival stories is that like if your plane crashes in like the Rockies, like say Yellow Jackets, there's mm-hmm. like stuff. Oh, you yeah, can, there's like stuff in the environment that you can do. Like you can still m- m- make a fire. You can yeah. still like you know hunt. You can still like berries. Get, like, yeah, berries. You can Leaves. Still, like, find you know like you know some mushrooms, fresh water. Yeah, but, like, water. Like 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 here it was just basically their plane landed on on top of this glacier and it was snow and rock and sky and sun and that was it. Yeah, and, no animals. Yeah, and not so, even a bear. So like they had to basically repurpose everything that came from like the aircraft itself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's like crazy to like think that you you have to like come up with these solutions like really fast, yeah. or, or or else you'll like die. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's life yeah. or death. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. literally life or death. And that's insane that at the end when they end up like making a sleeping bag, yeah, because they're like yeah. sewing everything together and then finding the tail because like the supplies were there yeah and i mean it's just yeah it really just shows you it's just insane like we uh where we saw the the opening scene because uh, i was dog sitting last weekend and you came over to mikey's place <laughs> we were like Charles <laughs> was like oh my god you have to watch the beginning uh this plane crash of a lie like the first like seven minutes and i was like i saw it you said it to me the other day you're like but watch it <laughs> so i watched it and then i was like oh my god this movie just seems so intense and that's when you're like we should do this episode and i was like okay and then as i'm watching it i was like oh my god this is some like sick shit <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it's really fucking crazy i'm glad i saw it i mean i'll watch anything once basically except for like exorcism and possession shit i'm not into yeah. that but anything else i'll basically like give a try and i'm glad that i i watch it i'm glad that it kind of i mean for lack of better like no pun intended but like the film had like peaks and valleys 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like it wasn't all like I it did start out and got pretty intense pretty fast, mm-hmm. which I have to say. Um I do like how it opened with uh John Malkovich um yeah. telling uh the story which I thought was kind of cool. But yeah, it was cool and they showed the photos of like granted this was supposed to be a team from Uruguay, so it, it seemed like very weird like casting wise. <laughs> yeah. I was like uh Nando, why? <laughs> it's not a Nando. <laughs> like Ethan <laughs> Hawk is not a Nando. Um or like a Kinesa just like just didn't seem like I was like no. It yeah, just it, it seemed kind of um, weird. Yeah, it's weird to like think that in real life all these conversations were going on in like spanish and it it just sort of felt weird to like hear an actor who was obviously raised born and raised in like california be like oh my god we gotta look after alberto yeah (laughs) i know they all had like yeah it was like why could i mean i'm sure there i wonder if there is like a spanish language film of this or if it's something that like obviously maybe it's just like super tragic when it happened i'm sure my mom actually heard about this Okay. When I asked her, I was like, did you know about it? She's like, yeah. She's like, we knew about it. I mean, after it happened, but she's like, I remember hearing about like the soccer team and like how it, you know, they got stranded. She's like, I didn't know, um, you know, all the details, but we didn't know that like how they got, you know, crashed in really high altitude. Mm-hmm. And it was like really a mirror. I think they called it like miracle on the Andes or something. Yeah. 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 Like it was a miracle that a lot of them survived. I mean, actually more of them survived than I thought. But when I was watching it and I was like, there are fucking 27 people here. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Like a lot of people to think about, like we're talking about food, even rationing and like clothing and sleeping. I mean, everything for 27 people. Like that's a lot of people. Yeah. If you're, if there's going to be a leader, you know, who's going to be like taking care and overseeing all this. I mean, even 10 people is a lot. Like I think yellow jackets is a good amount. I mean, we're just referencing yellow jackets because it's like very inspired by this the story mm-hmm. this like real story um i think it's also was inspired by uh another kind of crash or like not a crash but like hold on it was something i was reading when i was doing like behind the scenes stuff or like what else yellow jackets was based on um, it was based on this and also based on something else i'm looking it up now because i now was I it the, know. was it the donner party Yes, that's what it, it was. was. Okay. The Donner Party, which was before this, mm-hmm. like in the 1800s, like what, 1860s yeah. or something like that. So yeah, that kind of version. But that also was different because that was uh, like not a, that one's even kind of scarier because that one, there's no like call for rescue. Like this is yeah. something that they yeah. went and were resettling somewhere. And mm-hmm. didn't they go on like the wrong path or like they were told you can't go this way because in the wintertime it's going to freeze over and yeah, you can't so, pass for, for months. So I think in a nutshell, they like were leaving from Independence, Missouri in 1846 and basically headed out west to resettle in California. And in they, California. Like, California. <laughs> um, but like they just like kept running. In, and so I, I think like um, there were like uh there was like this rule that said if you were going to leave out leave to go out west you couldn't leave any later than like april 1st and they ended up leaving like you know like like uh like april 15th or something oh it wasn't even that long yeah and then they and then they like got they just followed the standard like oregon trail and they came to this like place that was supposed to be a shortcut and um it um ended up like making 
like just taking like I think like twice as long and it just made things a lot worse. So then by the time they got to like the the their last great obstacle were getting through the Sierra Nevada mountains. Oh. And by the time they got there, they the mountains had like snowed over and so they're in these wagons and they couldn't get get through. So they'd be basically stranded at like these <gasps> in you know, like you know, on like one side of the mountains and just couldn't get through and they like had no food. So like, So what happened? Like did they did any of them turn back or did they all die there? No, they got stuck and just basically had to like, you know, tough it out through the the, the, the winter and Oh you know, shit. And, you know, like um you know I, th- I think like uh they like basically did a lot of things that like, you know, this uh team in in, in the Andes did, you know, they ended up, you know, like, you know, doing rationing and I think mm-hmm. they like were like trying to eat like you know, like like cook like bones and like oh, trying to eat like, shit. you know, eat like shoelaces and l- 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 leather and oh, wow. they like uh, i think there is a group they eventually struck out to try and find help and that was um and i think like a few people died and that was when they like first kind of resorted to eating the the dead but the difference was that um they could at least build a fire so they could cook the meat yeah but well, this like, one they were lucky that it was frozen yeah, because yeah. that killed any bacteria, right? Like if it was at if it was at like seventy degrees or sixty degrees, where there was no way to either like cook it or freeze it, mm-hmm. then you would get like a stomach virus, probably. Yeah, I think that um, basically this whole environment was just like one big freezer. So yeah, just, yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, you know, so they so. were like actually, yeah, that was actually like a uh, literally that saved their lives. Yeah, I mean yeah. that actually did. Yeah. Gosh, and I'm just thinking about even like Mount Everest. People die when climbing Mount Everest. Yeah, well, um, did you ever hear about um, hear about that book called Into Thin Air, which is about that disaster that occurred on Mount Everest? And I think like yes, I've 96. heard of it. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of it. I remember when the book came out because we were like in you know school age. I remember when it came out, and I think either I didn't read it, but I feel like somebody that I was friends with his readings. I remember vividly like one of my friends reading this book. So I can see the book cover right now. Yeah, but yeah. what was it about? Um, so I think it was about a group of climbers that were climbing Mount Mount Everest and they got, they made it to the top and they're coming down and they got hit by a really, really bad storm. Oh. And like, I think like, I think like multiple people died. Like, like it was, I think the thing was something like 10 to 15 oh, who like shit. died on, on, in, in a single day. Um, and um, yeah. So, I mean, that's like pretty crazy, crazy, crazy pretty crazy too I, I think think like they at least like had like clothes for like being in, in the cold you know okay so they had yeah they were like prepared for that yeah. environment yeah and it it was you know it was kind of a v- voluntary like like thing you know yeah like, it was different than this where they yeah. literally were just on a plane going to a like a rugby match mm-hmm. yeah of no fault of their own i yeah. think and like an inexperienced pilot pilot that made the wrong decision i think he, he mistakenly thought they were at like corsica and they weren't yeah so um, i think like this plane didn't have radar and so like he thought they were at a certain point but there is a really strong headwind so oh. I, th- I think he basically was going on like guesswork for the most part so he thought they were at a certain point and like at Corsica was when the plane was supposed to turn north and like start heading towards Santiago, oh. um, in um, 
And um, I think he thought they were clear of the mountains and they just weren't. And so like, and it, it was cloudy. So he couldn't like, he didn't realize his mistake until it was, it was just too late. And it's one of those like propeller planes. So when they had to pull up, they didn't have like a jet engine. Yeah. To, like to yeah. like really like pull sharply up. They didn't, they didn't have that kind of technology. And of course, like a shoddy plane that I saw too, like that model of plane, like had yeah. actual issues. Yeah. And I think they said like, had that team known, they would never have booked that aircraft. Yeah. I mean, there were so many small little things that, that happened. That was just like this massive accident. Mm-hmm. Um, God, well, we've talked for like 15 minutes, but now we'll get on to actual behind the scenes, I guess. Okay. Um, because I don't really have any other like first impressions because I just saw this. Um, it's kind of insane. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So what do you have for behind the scenes? Um, let's see. So, um, okay. So the plane departed on October 12th, 1972 from Carrasco International Airport in Montevideo. Video, not Monty Video. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Um, and so then there was like a storm fright over the Andes, and so they had to make a stop um, overnight in Argentina at a town in a city called called Mendoza. Oh, okay. Um, and so then the flight um, left Mendoza the next day at two eighteen p.m. Um, that was Friday the 13th. That was Friday the 13th. And they, um, they, uh, they, um, let's see. And then, um, the, at 3.21 PM, the pilot radioed, um, the airport in, Ch- in Chile to say they had passed the Planchon Pass, which is at, which is a point where he would have turned north and started heading, he- um, heading towards Santiago. Okay. Um, and then I believe they lost. Um, I believe a few minutes later they um, they radioed him again at three thirty one, and they didn't get a re- response. Um, so was there ever a party sent out looking for them? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There were like search parties from from, from like Uruguay, Argentina, and Ch- 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 Chile. So then, um, did they ever find them, or they couldn't figure out how no, to get? Well, they just never found them. Well, th- well, th- I, I think like they must have flown over the crash site multiple times but they couldn't see the plane just because it was white just like oh, the snow just like the snow and so they're so um, small down there yeah yeah like looking so, yeah um so um let's God. see um how insane so, yeah it's it's, it's it's insane um so nando prado served as a technical advisor yeah that's um, pretty cool yeah um and like i'm always sort of skeptical when like people say they serve as technical advisors just because like it kind of seems like in hollywood like they'll be like you can serve as a technical advisor as long as like you don't get in our way (laughs) so do you think i wonder you wonder how much like input he had i mean i i think like he probably said said his piece but you know hollywood being hollywood was like i don't know let's try it this way (laughs) you know i know i love that like he went his character went like full-on like sociopath yeah. Like everyone else is like, so what are we going to do? We're going to ration shit out. He's like, we have to eat the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, he's the one that got us into this mess. I'm like, he's not wrong guys. I mean, <laughs> someone had to say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know. So, um, so the names of the dead for this movie were changed with the exception of, um, Nando Prado's Prado's mother and sister, Eugenia and Susanna. Okay. Um, 
And then, um, and then Liliana Metol, who is played by Ileana Douglas. I know. I love her. I know. I did too. Um, and like, I heard that like, um, her real life counterpart was like very like, um, I don't, I don't know if maternal is the right word, but she like really would like comfort the, the boys when, when it got cold Um. and, um, you know, she, you know, just, you know, there wasn't a lot she could necessarily do. But think that she should at least, you know, like, you know, like hold them and, you know, just, um, I think like they, um, I think they, she sort of serves a very maternal figure. Um, and I heard that like, they tried to, um, offer her sort of a, um, like private space on board the plane. So she, she, she could be, be alone, but she refused any special treatment. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mm. Um, so, um, oh, so, um, the, uh, there's one character from the story that the film kind of didn't omit, and that was Sergio Catalan. Okay. He was sort of this, like, um, this, like, rancher who, um, was the first person that, uh, Nando and Knessa encountered after they came out of the mountains. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they, that was a very, like, yada yada. They came down to that green patch and then like a water like a lake and then it was like all of a sudden a helicopter was coming and i was like wait but i want like that story (laughs) like the journey i mean i know it would have been like a three-hour movie like yeah had they done that um but i I think like they came out of the mountains and they just um you know it was green and they just like couldn't believe it and they found a river and just started following it and then shortly after they like started seeing signs of civilization like they found a campsite and then they started seeing like um like cattle and then um, they finally saw this guy on horseback who um, was like on the other su- su- side of the r- river, and uh-huh. they were basically, you know, like they couldn't they couldn't cross the river just because it was too too strong. But he basically threw them a loaf of bread and it said that <gasps> he so was somewhat able to communicate. Well, listen, I will come back to, to, tomorrow. Oh. And so then he came back tomorrow and, and bought some help, and they were able to be taken to, to to a village, and someone was able to ride and get the police. Oh my um, gosh! How and, insane! And then um just. And then, um, uh, and then the survivors were able to hear on the r- 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 radio that Nando and Kinesa had had been found. So, Wait, they, so like, they had a radio, a working radio. Yeah, yeah. Like up there. Yeah, they couldn't like they couldn't like communicate like outside, but they could like hear hear the news. Oh, um, okay. And wow. um, but um, um, so. Um, f- prior to this very intense um, cannibalism scene, um, mm-hmm. apparently all the actors fasted for two days. Oh, um, wow! Just um, and, which is just sounds which, frankly, that alone sounds pr- pretty crazy. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't um, know if I could do it. Yeah, I did same. do like the master cleanse once, and it was like awful. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, is that the cleanse that Kaya and Justin did in the real world? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, the water, yeah. lemon, red pepper, maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like all you can have. I think I made it like to day three, and it was like awful. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. Like that's what people I think in Hollywood used to do, like in the old days. Oh God, Hollywood's sick. Um, it really, it really is. <laughs> like, God, I can't even talk about it. Yeah, it really is. Um, so John, so John Malkovich, who plays the um, grown-up Car- Carlitos Paez, 
Um, his opening and closing statements were written by the real life Car- Carlitos Paez. Oh, nice. Um, oh, that's cool. And then um, there's just this strange note um, that I found that I thought was interesting. And um, so in 2005, an American hiker was hiking through the Andes mm-hmm. and he found a um, wallet um, that belonged to one of the survivors named. Ed- oh, I heard about this. Yeah. Named uh, named Eduardo Strouch. Um, and so he like found his wallet and like a roll of film and like a jacket and some cash and like his like I'm identity saying. papers. Yeah. Um, and I think didn't he return the wallet to the real guy? Yes. And he said it was like this yes. crazy like wave of like he remembered what it was like to be up there again. Yeah. And like, I, wow. I, I believe that in addition to uh uh Nando and Kness, I believe he has written a book too. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's all I oh um I, I forgot. And so Rotten Tomatoes, um critics oh, gave, yeah. this, gave this movie fifty nine percent, which I thought was low. That's so low. I know, right? And it has an audience score of 68%, which I kind of thought was low, too. That was also pretty low. Was it just yeah. a subject matter, or what? I don't know. Maybe it's just like a story that doesn't necessarily translate well to, like, film. I don't know, but... I guess so. It's kind of weird. It's, like, in the Cs. That's, like, in the high Ds. I mean, I thought this film was, like, a solid B plus A minus it was so. great to tell i mean in order to tell a story it's not going to be like pretty i mean without yeah. changing it too yeah. much i mean it's like what do you expect from a movie like this well i mean i also sort of got the impression that a lot of things are kind of had to tone down you know i'm <laughs> like, sure if they made it now mm-hmm. i think they might maybe take liberties and make things a bit more i don't know i guess gory yeah well i mean i don't know i heard that like i heard that like a lot of like um after the plane crash like everyone had like a lot of people had like you know open compound fractures which sounds <gasps> horrifying yeah in the movie it was like only like a few people were like really injured injured yeah they like mentioned a, they like mentioned a couple broken legs but you didn't like see it you know no, yeah so which i wondered if that was also like a uh inspiration for yellow jackets because we have that that one character who like actually had to have his leg like amputated yeah because yeah. eventually like gangrene would set in and granted if it's frozen up there that's a whole other set of of things too like the way limbs uh gangrene or frostbite mm-hmm. like what happened with uh nando's sister like yeah. her feet you know like it just it's slow Mm-hmm. it's like a slow oh god i wondered yeah. if the actors fasted just filming it anyway apparently they they shot this film in sequence which was interesting yeah that that was really cool yeah which is they oh. said that's really rare for movies like this so that's why i wondered if they if they just fasted in general because when they started they just obviously you would lose a lot of like you know your face you know your your body would probably use your fat cells to like keep warm yeah. after a while it, it would like burn off you know I'm assuming you would lose lots of weight, but yeah, it's just like so crazy. Like just, I God, I can't even imagine it. Like I, I hope to never have to go through anything like this, but yeah, it's, it also freaks me out that they're always like charter planes. Yeah. It's no. like rarely commercial, I, I guess. And I'm wondering if, if anyone out there is a flight attendant, like, do you, are there like uh MREs like on board too, in case of a crash, like not just the food that's, you know, being served on the flight, like, is there like an MRE stash for if there's yeah. a, a crash and you have survivors, like there's food or there's something that people can eat. Yeah. Like, I wonder, I wonder if there's, but see, all of that is kind of 
part of a checklist of flying commercial. But if you're a charter, like if I'm on a tiny private jet, I don't know that you have food in here in case yeah. something crashes and we're stranded for like days. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, yeah. now I'm kind of like, no, <laughs> what's going on? I mean, I know like our technology is a lot better. You know, this plane was faulty. Like I know there are lots of kind of like factors here and like variables here, but yeah, it just makes it so much more like, bleh. um, yeah. okay. So for me, I have the IMDB score is 7.1 out of 10. So that's a little bit better. Okay. And the budget for this movie was $32 million, and it made about 82.5. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it made about two and a half times its uh, its cost, which is good. And I forgot to mention, or I don't remember if I did, but this premiered January 15th, 1993. Of course it would premiere in winter. Yeah, I was going to say, so it was winter, and it was like, you know, the beginning of the year, one of those kind of movies, um, which is kind of funny. It, this movie was filmed in the Purcell Mountains in British Columbia, Canada. um which was really cool i thought it was like a really beautiful location it it felt very like frodo lord of the rings style towards yeah there yeah because they had to camp on those mountains and it was like gray like they blended in and i was like god this literally is like this massive great adventure um one interesting uh, thing Mm -hmm. that that us those us 70s like hair hairstyles also added to that whole like hobbit (laughs) kind of it totally you know, did. Ethan like, Hawke uh, looked like Troy Dyer in uh, Reality yeah. Bites. <laughs> like yeah. towards the end, I was like, "This is Troy Dyer. <laughs> this is where he was before he ended up in Houston, <laughs> like doing whatever they're doing." Um, another really funny note, uh, not funny, but kind of like a Nelson Simpsons ha was uh, that Brad Pitt read for the Knessa part, and apparently his reading was really poor. <laughs> so <laughs> the part went to Josh Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I mean, I, I frankly really like Josh Hamilton in this role. Like, I can't see Brad Pitt doing it. Yeah, same. I just really can't. But he had already been in Thelma and Louise. So I was like, what? How was your reading that poor? I mean, it, it, maybe he didn't really want it, but he was just like, all right, if, if I like audition, will you get off my back, mom? You know? Like, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> then he ended up doing like true romance instead, <laughs> just like stoned as fuck on the couch. <laughs> Um, which is kind of funny. And then my other funny note was that um, Ethan Hawke refused to grow a beard for this movie. <laughs> so he just doesn't grow yeah. I love my I love my diva uh, 90s like uh, stars that you just kind of don't don't think <laughs> like, you don't think Ethan Hawke would yeah. do that. But it's kind of funny that he was like, no, I refuse yeah. to grow a beard for this. That's <laughs> um, kind of funny. Yeah, that's all I have. Um, okay. I know this sounds kind of weird, but. As I was watching the movie, we're going to talk about the fashion next. I felt so sad, like, as I was watching this movie. And I was like, oh, that's right. I have to report on the fashion. I was like, I love this grungy, chunky look. Like, as they're, like, in the survivor mode plane. But I was like, well, this sweater is very cool. Like, I actually really <laughs> like that bright red jacket that looks like a mechanics jacket um that one of them has and then also i love when when ethan hawk like takes his sister's coat and it's like this like brown shirling like really cool coat i was like yeah. this is weird to be looking at like the fashion but i kind of like the blazers and sweaters and like 70s vibe you see a lot of their clothes on the plane like before the crash yeah yeah which is kind of cool but like yeah i mean i did i did like the we were texting about it i was like i like the layering with that captain's hat <laughs> like later on <laughs> <laughs> like a weird like captain like fisherman's hat i, I mean it's kind of cool you could probably wear that outfit out in like 
Brooklyn to today and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> very fashionable. You're like, totally good. You're totally good. It definitely feels like something that would be in like a 2008 party photo in like Williamsburg. <laughs> like you definitely, I've yeah. definitely been to a rave with people wearing those, those hats <laughs> for sure. Like in the early mid 2000s, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. Do you have any like notable fashion moments? Um, my one word about fashion is layers, layers, layers. Layers. Um, I, I get, although I guess that's one word repeated three times. <laughs> um, but, um, so I, it's, um, we, <laughs> it's, so it's, so I thought, I mean, we got a like showcase on 1970s sweaters. Um, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, like, um, like, uh, like I, I think, uh, I think, can, Knessa's rings are that white kind of like um kind of like a braided sweater type woven mm-hmm. like, like cable knit yes yes yeah, it was like a cable knit um and um i like um i, I know this like sort of more as a survival function than than like a fashion function but i i love to be both <laughs> it, it can be um but i i love the idea of basically wrapping your feet in kind of like seat covers when you yeah. hear that like set off into the snow because one it keeps your feet dry mm-hmm. two it um you're, it probably keeps you from sinking down to the the the, the snow and three the colors just look fabulous it does like, look great it matches it was a really ingenious idea i have to say yeah <laughs> i've definitely seen fashion shows where they have like fabric like wrapped like that yeah definitely like a rick owen show of the past definitely had something like that um and then i also loved how they created their own sun sunglasses too yeah that was Um, cool like um i don't know i'm like a this is probably a kurt cobain trademark i love like men wearing women's sunglasses i know yeah that's Um, cool i think he was pretty known for that yeah yeah um the Jackie O ones, especially Those yeah, like round yeah. ones, are like kind of Jackie O, Audrey Hepburn kind of style. They were trying to create this pesky thing from of called like snow blindness from like ha- happening. Yeah, but, um, that's so crazy, <laughs> right? Which that is, you can which, snow blind, which is like hard to like comprehend. I guess if you haven't like experienced it, because like I think like I think like the ultraviolet rays of the sun sort of bounce off the snow and kind of burn your corneas, just like you know, yeah. it would burn your skin. And like it's, I, I guess if you if, if it's not something you like grow up with, it's sort of hard to like comprehend. Does it also um, burn like your face too? Like, do the rays like bounce off the snow and like because you get sunburned essentially even in like there? Like if you're out, if yeah. you're ex- or it's like exposure. Really, it's like your skin it being exposed to that that kind of weather like the cold weather the fucking air just thinking about the altitude like yeah. i think they were like eleven thousand feet up yeah like yeah. 11 that's insanity I to know. be at that level and for them to even try to hike because they and at one point in the film like they try to hike and then they're like it's just too like i'm gasping for breath like is that we just when, can't walk is that when that one guy like falls into the yeah oh my god (laughs) and then the little the literal cliff like breaks off from there yeah because they had no idea that they weren't even walking on rock they were walking on like just a massive pound of snow 
like yeah. piles yeah. of snow and stuff. Oh, this movie, like I was literally like, I think that was the first time that I was watching the film and I, you know, like they had crashed already and had been like about 40 minutes in. And then when they got to that moment where he sank, like that's when my heart like, <gasps> and like, that's when I was kind of like on edge. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I was kind of like on edge. And then there was like, like, peaks and valleys like i said like and then that was like okay and then it was a little more chill and then like then the fucking avalanche like totally like came out of nowhere and i totally forgot that there are avalanches yeah and i was like oh my god fucking avalanche and the way that it happened Mm -hmm. was just like it just literally like packs in and that's it and snow is incredibly heavy um so yeah and it just like packed into i was like oh my god and then when they dug out it was a fucking blizzard i was like oh my god like yeah what the fuck like this is why like it's incredible that even anyone survived really yeah like it's incredible even one person survived i can't even imagine that it's just i think there were 45 passengers all together and like 16 was it 16 people survived yeah so um the avalanche killed eight and i think that brought the numbers down so the the from the 20s yeah the um so the i think it was i think there were 27 and then it killed eight, and then that brought it down to 19. Um, but the avalanche occurred on day 17. Um, oh, my God. And um, I have to say, I do love a good um, digging out the plane montage. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I was going to say, do you have any more fashion notes? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I like that red jacket. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No, they had that too. standout. And also that uh, Canessa had that like red sweater. It was like oh, a burgundy right. sweater, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, let's see. For music there, I didn't really have anything because there wasn't much. There was score, but we didn't get any like mm. music music. So let's get on to our favorite scenes and lines. Do you have any? I do. Um, so... Um, before all hell breaks loose, I sort of love the rambunctious, like, you know, kind of jovial atmosphere on, 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 on the plane. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, guys having fun. I think like, um, I I think like, um, the, I think like, uh, their characters were supposed to be between 19 and 26 for, yeah. So they weren't like high school students. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One was in medical school. Or at least, like, he was like, I've only been in med school for six months. Two. So I think that Knessa was also in medical school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was just, like, one of those intramural uh, rugby teams. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I do love the conversation that goes on between Ethan Hawke and Josh Lucas. Um, (laughs) That's, um, you know, like, uh, like, hey. What's more important to you, rugby or girls? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was like, girls. Um, yeah. Um, and, okay, so I don't mean this as an insult to Josh Lucas, Uh-oh. but um, it'll probably come out that way anyway. Um, but did you think that his career would be bigger? His his career? Yes, because... Uh, what was know, he like, in early on? Like, okay, so I guess he was in, like... Um, I actually don't know what he was in, to be honest. He's um, in fucking American Psycho, remember? He oh, right, okay. such a fucking dickhead in that movie. <laughs> um, 
Let okay. me see. Well, let so, me see what his first credit is. He was in that movie Glory Road, which I think is based also based on a true story. It's like a sports ball movie. Oh, um, I haven't seen that. A sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's some kind of ball that people in sports play. I don't know. Um, like, why was he cast as F- Felipe Rostano? <laughs> like, that was not your name. <laughs> like, the casting was just so odd. Oh, he's in that show Yellowstone, which everyone talks about. He's in the uh, Forever Purge. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in a lot of, like, random things. Uh, let um, me see what his, like, first credit is. I know he was in, like, that remake of The Poseidon Adventure that came out, like, a few years ago. Oh, okay. I think it was just called Poseidon, but... Um, Do you think he would be? You thought he would be bigger? Well, it, it seemed it, it just sort of seemed like he was getting like consistent leading roles and like kind of like you know like kind of big, not big budget, but like you know fairly expensive movies. And it, um, I guess, like he just, I kind of thought his career would be more robust. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I think he's one of those like like b-list actors not because he's like a bad actor just because he's like he's one of those actors that's kind of there and in all actuality he probably has like a really steady career because he does work but yeah he's not like i feel like either he didn't ever i think a lot of it has to do with luck too like whether or Mm. not you get put forward for auditioning for really challenging roles or if they just never think of you or things just get offered to certain people like he was an american psycho i thought he was really good i thought a lot of those guys were good i always kind of thought justin thoreau would be bigger too yeah but then i also i often wonder because he directed a really cool movie um in god it was called like is it called dedication i think i even have it on dvd i don't even know now but i think it's called dedication but also we don't know if he didn't want to do things yeah sometimes we don't know if they're like oh no i don't want to act for a while or i want to be really picky in what i do or uh something like that but yeah i feel like yeah josh lucas is like always there like yeah. he's always around and he's kind of like, you know, now I'm going to try to find out the name of that movie that Justin Thoreau did. I'm pretty sure it was called Dedication okay. and he directed it. But what year was that? Because it had Mandy Moore. Yeah, it is Dedication. 2006. Okay. Um, yeah, because he had Mandy Moore's in it. And uh, what's what's his name? Billy Crudup, I think he's the guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually a good movie. It's really cute, and Tom Wilkinson's in it too. Oh, I really like him. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> We're talking about Josh Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone out there is like into Josh Lucas, let us know. Did we did we miss something? Like, does he have like a really amazing uh, back catalog that we should like dig into in the '90s? So let us I know mean, if you like him. I mean, I, I I guess like the appearance he sort of seems to present seems like he's a very like kind of down to earth, put together guy. So maybe he's just like very grounded and just doesn't really get caught up in like the whole like you know Hollywood like you know lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I he's not like part of that like that side of celebrity. I don't think. Yeah, and maybe that's on purpose because that's smart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if that's if that was what it is, but yeah, or maybe he wants a resurgence, and us talking about him, and some Hollywood agents listening to this, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Josh Lucas, where's he been? Yeah, let's call, let's cast him for like Law and Order SVU or whatever." Yeah. Like, and he ends up everywhere. So who knows? We may have just 
helped your career, Josh Lucas. Um, please don't hurt me. I really, I really don't mean anything bad. <laughs> like, oh no, please. He might end up getting like a whole nother career resurgence <laughs> because of this. <laughs> um, he also has those very definable cheekbones and yeah, he's you know, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, super cute. I'm surprised he just, that he's not. He just has very squ- very squishy cheeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Charles likes Josh Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has that very strong, like Western European nose. Anyway, um, he should end up being in like Magic Mike three. <laughs> He'd probably be like, "What, Josh Lucas?" <laughs> so funny. Um, um. So, um, so before things go to hell, we get some, you know, fairly violent turb. Turb- turbulence yeah um and um this might make me slightly sadistic but i really enjoy turbulence on an airplane why oh my god <laughs> what i, I literally mean, always look around at everyone on the plane and think oh my god these are the people i'm dying with <laughs> literally my first instinct is holy fuck i can't believe it's ending here and with these people <laughs> like that's always my fucking thought and yours is like yes you're like that's sick fuck over there like yes i mean i i i I don't like put my fist in the air and go like oh god i want more you know like (laughs) oh ramon (laughs) oh me capitan (laughs) um but um then we get this like this like terrifying plane crash sequence which i think is probably one of the most realistic and she like the most terrifying plane crash i've ever seen on film like, the one in Fight Club also gets me too. When he oh, has that, really? when he has that vision where he's like, you know, life insurance pays off triple if you die on a business trip. Yeah, like, yes, that's right. And then you you see the, and he's like, I pray. For, I think he says like the narrator in Fight Club. He says like, uh, you know, every time I'm on a plane, he's like, I pray for a crash or a midair collision. And then he looks over, and I think like a geese or something like fly into the engine, and then that's how it explodes. And it's literally just like this one, like the thing gets like people get sucked out because of the pressure, oh, wow. you know, yeah. like the side of the. It was like this one where like the tail came off and then it like mm-hmm. um this also reminds me of that amazing sequence in the beginning of the dark knight rises that uh christopher nolan does where like bane is on the plane and he like hijacks oh. the plane and like gets people out it's like one of the most incredible like airplane stunt sequences on oh really film okay. i think yeah yeah i'll uh I'll, I'll send it to you yeah it's really it's really cool just the way it's shot but yeah it reminded me of that too because the plane like the tail comes off first and it's like the same type of plane oh, but okay. um yeah that was that was really scary how people were like sucked out of the back yeah, and just like when they're about to, when um, like it's just before the collision, when it flashes towards the cockpit, the pilots are like, "Power! We need more power!" and they're like mm-hmm. screaming and just like completely panicked. And I think like I I, I I I read somewhere that when they came out of the clouds, the tips of the airplane wings were only about ten feet from like a, like a like like a way from the side side of the mountain Fuck. Yeah. oh shit so that i mean it's like it's yeah you know it's co- it's colliding yeah like there's about to be a collision yeah it's like there's no way because they don't have a jet yeah and even yeah. a jet can't go but so f- i mean it's still heavy it's still gotta like pull up you know you still need room to like pull it up um it has to be like a fighter jet or something yeah and i also really um i so I, I thought this was i thought it was done really well that during the crash sequence itself there was no like score it was just like yeah that's true like, it was just quiet well, well not like quiet but there was no music mm-hmm. um yeah it's true 
and like um, all of the machine like you know all of the engines and all the like the sound that you would hear yeah like during yeah. something like that yeah um and um if um we're ever in a position where you have to pull shrapnel out of my abdomen i want you to do it exactly like um like this guy did <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um he i he was like look he's like look over there <laughs> it's like, like no you're fine <laughs> yeah yeah you're fine you're probably fine and then just psh, grab it this also also reminds me of a really scary uh world war z had that terrifying plane crash oh that's where, right yeah where brad pitt was in there and he had that like didn't he have like part of the the airplane like he was in the seat they like crashed on on the ground though, and he was still in the seat. But I think he had like some metal like in his stomach. Oh, did it was he? like sticking up in his stomach or s- I, something like that. I don't remember. Um, or his did, arm somewhere. Yeah. Did you ever hear about that movie, The Edge, that came out like in like the late nineties? I think it had like Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin in it. No. So, so. what's that about? Um, it's about like this like it um it's about this billionaire played by anthony hopkins and he, I think he owns, of like, course a, yeah. <laughs> i think he like owns like a magazine or something and they like rent this cabin up in like northern canada and <clears throat> alec baldwin plays like this like photographer and like anthony hopkins happens to be married to you know l, l. mcpherson um oh actually yeah like, in yeah. the movie oh, yeah. okay well i mean i don't think your character is l mcpherson but like she's played by l. oh l. she's played by l mcpherson yeah, yeah. yeah okay <clears throat> and so they like go and search because like they w- w- want to find a like native uh, american guy to like pose in a photo and they ended up running into like a flock of geese and um it's uh um things just get bad <laughs> what yeah and so they're like plane crashes in water and i think three make it out and then they spend the rest of the movie being trailed by this like bloodthirsty hungry like gr- gr- grizzly bear um what? yeah i'm looking it up now this is insane that it's on disney plus <laughs> Oh my god, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, or at least I think it is. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's it's showing here that it is. Or yeah, I don't know. Oh, I might be in like another. Oh, I think it's showing me where it is in England. In England, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> um. Yeah, I see it here. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, Harold Pernod is in it. The guy who played Mercutio in uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Being chased by a Kodiak bear. Is it good? 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I, I higher than this movie. <laughs> it is. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I personally enjoyed it. So, oh, okay. Uh, um, God. Do you have any funny, like, uh, do you have any more funny scenes or not funny or favorite scenes or like um, quotes? Do you have any good quotes? I didn't get that many quotes. So I love, um, and not, not love, but I liked when, um, I think it's on like day three or four when there's like, um, when they're just like out and um, like outside, and this guy turns to a string and he's like, "Hey, Coach, a play Flight of the the Bumblebee," and like <laughs> and like the guy's response is, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> and can I just personally say, being with someone, being through a plane crash and surviving with someone who plays guitar is probably the most terrifying thing in this entire movie. Like I just, I can, just be constantly playing. Like she'll can, be coming round the mountain. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if the there, fuck up. 
I mean, if they're playing that song, then I would consider myself lucky. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> you know, you no, know, they're not because they're going to be playing, you know, Glycerin, Glycerin, <laughs> you know, oh or like, I don't know, just um, it I, um, just um, to like survive a plane crash and be stuck with that is just. Very that's the worst of all. It yeah. absolutely is. That's like, that's like the worst of all. Yeah, God. Um, but what about you? Do you have any favorite scenes? Um, let's see. I ha- I just wrote holy f this opening crash. Um, I also like when I forgot who it is, but some they're like in the plane still after the crash, and they're like, "I'm not dead. I've never felt worse in my life, but I'm not dead." Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. Um, I liked the the little bit where they go sledding down the mountain. When yeah, they come no, back yeah. like i thought that was kind of cool like at least we got some times of le- of levity and then mm-hmm. also throughout this time they found an entire fucking suitcase of cigarettes and i texted you i was like first of all why do they still have so many cigarettes and how are they lighting these cigarettes and then you told me that there's a reason for that yes so apparently Funny. and at the time in chile there is a c- cigarette shortage and so um, and so people, these people being from Uruguay, where there's apparently an abundance of cigarettes. Just um, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, they were sort of acting as drug mules, mules and bringing c- cigarettes to, 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 to their friends. So, like, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that actually probably helped them. Yeah, a absolutely. lot, a lot, and having those cigarettes. Yeah, I thought that was that was kind of cool. I mean, I mean, to eat human flesh and not have to not have a cigarette to smoke afterwards, I think would would, would be tough. That would you know? be the horror of this entire tale. <laughs> yeah, we already ran out of wine, and now <laughs> we're gonna run out of cigarettes. Like, no, um, the avalanche. I just wrote, oh my mg, this is literally the worst. Like, yeah. this is literally the worst. Um, and then also, I, I like when they go the three of them go on like i think day 50 where they they go find the tail they're like yeah that's cool find the tail i thought that was really cool and then making the sleeping bag um i was just like what would you do if you got to the tail like the three that got to the tail and then they were like all right are we gonna keep going or like are we gonna turn back are we gonna like go put the batteries in the in the radio and hopefully and go back to the other group or are we gonna keep going yeah, because like it seemed like Nando wanted to keep going, but Kinesa wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. And there's like a third guy who was just absolutely no help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, he was just like, uh, well, <laughs> but I'm glad that they actually decided to go because they literally saved everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they didn't, if they had gone back and tried to do the battery and the radio and didn't work, any more time that they were there would have totally zapped their energy to actually mm. be able to go. I mean, I guess they could still eat like the meat, but I feel like still it, eventually, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's keeping you alive for a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like after a while, the longer you're there, it's going to be frozen. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for you to even get any out. You're, you're like alive, but you, you it's not like, it's not like, it's doesn't it's not like filling like you're still like starving you know yeah yeah exactly like, I mean, um and the avalanche totally like fucking buried most of them i know i know i was like oh my god so when like when that was one of my thoughts when i saw the avalanche i was like oh my god they're literally like they don't even have the food that they were using now yes well i heard that um even though their initial food source was kind of buried by the avalanche that because eight died in the avalanche they basically gave them enough food to keep going oh i see okay 
Um, and um, God, how I also, insane! I know, and I um I, I'd say one of the, one of the people who has kind of become my favorite characters um was like the guy who played Roy Harley, who was the guy who kind of was like, why do I have to put the radio together? All oh, I yeah. Was, all I did was help my cousins put their stereos. We had a manual, you know? <laughs> yeah. How dare you put all this on me? I was like, oh, God <laughs> sakes, man. Someone slap him. Like, I thought it was going to end up being a little bit more like Lord of the Flies oh, and more yeah. like fighting over like territory of who's leading shit. But I guess it was such a... It would be more like that if it was in a Yellow Jacket situation where they're in like a habitable climate yeah like then it would be more like of a a struggle of who's leading them and like where we're going or we're walking but they really couldn't go anywhere no there was like really nothing to lead no and there wasn't really anything to like fight for either you know Mm -hmm. like yeah that's true yeah there's just um, there's no they were like god i can't believe how high up they were yeah that's just insane that you like can't get down from there and the the fact that people were able to survive and just it kind of clicks in like just like what to do um when they first get to that body of water i was like wow I, that's why i do wish that they would have shown kind of how they made it from they they definitely yada yada yeah. from like <laughs> body of water to like helicopter rescue but i know that yeah. we've been through so much in the film it would have been like four hours or something if we that would have been a whole other story yeah yeah which um, is just crazy i also do love the whole like he- theological kind of cannibalism dis, dis, dis yeah. when, when like when like Knessa is like trying to convince these people like for their own sake to eat to eat the dead mm-hmm. and they're just like but I, we don't want to and I was like okay well then what else are you going to eat <laughs> yeah and, like, and I also love that they're saying like how can I go on in our daily life after knowing that we did this and yeah. how will I get into heaven when how will God let me live when like god knows that i've done this uh that i've yeah. done and resorted to this and other people are like well then why did god put you here in that way yeah. then god put you here and you know, do you want to survive or you do you want to like give up kind of thing like mm-hmm. it's not something that we're doing for sport yeah like this is just something that is literally for survival which i feel like most people would probably do because yeah. I know a lot of people don't want to, but nobody wants to. That's the point. This is a survival, like yeah. one in a million type issue. This isn't like, uh, this is what we do because there's like sometimes that it's like, you know, in other ways, when I think of cannibal, I don't think of survival cannibalization. Mm-hmm. I think of like general and I'm like, ew, because yeah. it becomes like a you know more sinister thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, in this situation, then yeah, I mean, it's totally understandable that that would happen. I, I, I mean, at least some people would. It's yeah, just like because um, dying this way is also very painful. Like yeah. when the body is shutting down, it's especially in the cold. It's different yeah. than in the heat. It's different than than like you know starvation in like a desert, which also is terrible. But yeah, but it's just yeah, it's just different, you know. Well, also, I sort of wanted to know what like happened to them after they got home. Um, yeah well, because that's what we got with, with the yellow jackets that's why it's kind of so cool i wish they go more into like what happens when they directly get home yeah so i i had to look that up myself but like i think like the gist is that they just like held a press conference just get out in the open they're like look we did what we had to do we ate the dead um yeah, they and died then, up there. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there was like, you know, then like the press kind of went crazy. And then they like, um, there was like an accusation that there was no avalanche, that they killed eight people. What? Just, yeah. 
Um, no way. But wow. It, but it like wasn't, it didn't come from like a like source that knew what they were talking about. They're just trying to like get headlines. But oh, I think, shit. I think, I think once the cannibalism came out was when this case became like internationally known. Um, oh, maybe. Yeah. Cause that's always what, if you say alive, people are like, is that the, the movie where like they had to eat people? I'm like, yeah, but it, that it's more than that. <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> they were literally stranded, you know, like, fucking mount everest stranded like there's nowhere to go yeah um um but like i mean i i I, um i believe that after they were rescued one of the first things they wanted to do was like talk to a priest just because i I think um i think all of them were like pretty hardcore roman catholic yeah um and you know the like priest said look you did what you had to do it's not a sin i i promise you know yeah like, it's not something that you did out of pleasure yeah you know yeah. I mean? yeah that's what i think of it's not like dama or some shit you know you're not doing something that you know is wrong and doing it for a different reason yeah god um, how insane so i mean i would i would hope that i would survive this i i kind of i I don't know. I, don't, I kind of. Or would you have hoped that you wouldn't have to go through this at all? Would you I would. That, I think I would sort of hope I would die on impact and just not. Oh, in the crash. At all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder um, if anyone survived a fall initially further away from the group. And yes. Then died. Well, I I don't remember his name, but I believe that there was someone who actually like got sucked out of the back of the plane and survived the fall. But then, like, okay. he started walking, and, he, like, he fell into, like, um, like uh, snow that was just, like, really deep. Or he didn't, like, fall into a crevasse, but, like, snow was just really deep, and he sank, and he basically, like, a, suffocated. A, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was so fucking scary when he, like, dropped down in that snow. Oh, and I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about the fact that, like, there could be holes or that it was even a fucking cliff. Yeah, it was just the snow was just like (laughs) stuck there, and it just you know the avalanche or whatever can like, and also the sound can also trigger Mm -hmm. avalanches too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like the sound, which I was like, oh my god. Um, and then we have like a Jesus holy fuck moment, like when like they're like on that cliff, like it's like towards the end of the movie, and like Knessel like slips. Oh my god! I was like, (laughs) what now? Not now. Canessa, don't fucking do this to me. Don't tell me that we're gonna get all the way to the end of the movie and like the three of them are gonna reach like civilization and then like it's just gonna be a total wash. Like, don't <laughs> tell me it's gonna be like Ethan Hawk at the end. Like, God, I was just like, can you? And then also thinking when when they got rescued by the helicopters and they were in the plane and they like thought they heard the helicopter. I was like, what if they thought it was an avalanche? Yeah, because it yeah. sounds very similar to an avalanche, like you know, a deep like rumbling mm-hmm. from far away. Like, what if they all got triggered and were like, "Oh my god, it's another fucking avalanche," you know, and like just like freaked out or yeah, had like heart attacks almost because it's just like you know what's coming and it's rare that you're going to probably survive another one because well, you guys I, have already solved the first one or survived the first one. Well, I'm I'm wondering if they if the reaction was more more like. Do I hear a helicopter? But like they weren't sure, and they were afraid to hope. You know, yeah, they, they were oh, afraid yeah, to that's hopes true up. too. So they're like, yeah. uh, no, that sounds like a helicopter. <laughs> and you like hear things that you want, almost like a mirage. Like yeah, you, know, you think yeah. you hear, like, is that a plane? And then when they saw that plane, and they were like, if we, they heard that plane at first, and they were like, if we can't see it, then they can't see us. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my god! And then they had that other plane that flew over them, and then they're like, land, get us over here! Look, like, they can't land. 
there has to be a fucking helicopter yeah like i was like what if there wasn't even a way they'd have to like put you in one of those baskets to like mm. bring you out a helicopter might because a helicopter could trigger the fucking avalanche yeah yeah so absolutely. like they might have to have one of those like you know those things that they it's like a, a huge rope that has like a stretcher that's like attached yeah, to it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like they pull you in that way that's probably how they got them out most likely mm. i would think because they can't they might not be able to land on that side of that mountain so yeah i really want to know what happened like after like you know weeks and months after this like how yeah. did they like assimilate back into regular life like i mean i believe they were taken to a hospital in chile and they were just sort of like assessed and the doctors were like what have you guys been eating and apparently yeah. they were just like uh he- human flesh <laughs> and so oh like, i mean yeah what do you think right yeah, like I mean, there's no like, berries there are no leaves like nothing we can't yeah. boil water like it's just fucking crazy it's just fucking crazy. I do also love that, like, um, that like epiphany that, um, Ethan and Hawk has when he gets to like the top of, like those those like mountains, and he he's and he's and he like brings Kinesa up, mm-hmm. and Kinesa just like so all he sees is like more mountains, and he's like, God, yeah, I know, we- and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, just and- believe, just believe, it's just over that mountain um and you know and then he like turns to like nando and he's like we're gonna die you know and then nando says maybe but if we die we're gonna die walking yeah and yeah and i I, it seems like nando's character was just like so hell-bent on on like getting home that like i I don't i don't know if like anyone else could have like made that made that journey you know yeah god how insane like and then also they say at the end like the narrator says like and we were saved nando and Kanessa breached the andes and we were saved later a group be- went back and buried the bodies they built a rough stone altar by the grave and over it they placed an iron cross yeah and it was like you saw on the that mountain that they had like a cross there yeah i was like oh gosh um that's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you uh, suggested this movie because I've never seen it. And it is a really like kind of like, uh, but I mean, it's a, it's a really incredible story that it was based off of reality too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I guess it's like, yeah. And these people just, I can't believe they went through this, but it's really a testament to, to human, like, you know, tenacity yeah. and like, you know, survival and, yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, it's it's cool to see. It really sucks that, like you know, that people had to die mm-hmm. in this whole situation. But you know, I just can't believe. I still can't believe it's all like human error. Yeah, like, that's what right. tripped me oh. out was that it wasn't like failure, like mechanical failure. Like it was someone who shouldn't have been flying. This also reminds me of like the Kobe Bra- uh Kobe Bryant crash. That oh, that was right. like bad weather. Like it was avoidable, but. You know, the guy was a, a experienced pilot, but went out and it was like cloudy weather and like, yeah. you know, like that and a whole other one. Um, What is it? Uh, John, John, John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, right. And he was flying that plane. And I think it was like bad weather, I think. And they told him like he shouldn't go. I mm-hmm. think because like the weather that it, they think they knew it was a storm was coming or cloud cover was coming later that night and mm-hmm. something like that. And like it wasn't advisable to go, but it's like all these things. But, you know wasn't um wasn't the plane crash that like Aaliyah was in also kind of the same thing 
Yeah, like, that one was also like over uh overstuffed with luggage. Yeah, like, over right. the weight. And also I believe the pilot, allegedly, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think the pilot actually tested positive for a substance oh, God. and um alcohol um when flying this yeah and i think was advised like you know knew not you know that that there was too much uh on board like too much luggage or people or something like that it was like over the weight and it just wasn't advisable i was like god yeah it's really scary when you think about like plane crash they had another that plane crash that was in like germany that plane crash into like the the mountains but i think it was the pilot oh like i think the pilot like drove the plane into the mountains like oh a God. kind of thing. I think that was like not too. I don't want to say it was too long ago. I'm gonna look this up now, and then uh, let me say pilot Germany. Is it German wings crash? Let's see. What year was this? 2015. Is this it? There was one that was. Yes, this one is German Wings Flight 9525. This was in March 24th of 2015, and it was suicide by pilot. Oh, wow. Yeah, like specifically, I remember uh, this was, I think, a Lufthansa flight or something. Like- yeah, and apparently the crash was deliberately caused by the co-pilot oh, who'd wow. previously been treated for suicidal tendencies and declared unfit to work by his doctor. But he kept this information from his employer and then reported for duty. So apparently, uh, it says shortly after reaching cruise altitude, and while the captain was out of the cockpit, he locked the door. Oh, and, wow. And initiated a controlled descent that continued until the air- aircraft impacted a mountainside. Jesus. Yeah, I remember that was... Uh, yeah, German Wings, actually, not not Lufthansa. It was owned by Lufthansa, that that um, German airline, but it was like German Wings. It's like a low-cost carrier. Whenever people talk about the airline Lufthansa I keep think, thinking they're talking about the Luftwaffe which was like the Nazi Air Force oh so. shit what does that mean though it must mean I don't something know. right it probably means something in German um, I mean I took German I should probably know this if Lufthansa means anything oh Luft actually means uh, air and Hansa oh, okay. means Hanseatic League that's why theirs is called um, so Luftwaffe translates to air weapon oh shit yeah god what a fucking mess everything is the world is fucked up i guess so at least you get to see the story of resilient survival and um yeah this is a lot more like it has a good ending i mean not good you know what i mean but like it has a kind of hopeful ending i think yeah um which is is good God, it's a lot, man. This is a lot. We're we're gonna be a little bit more up next week. I don't think we're gonna be so down. We had 28 days later, which was like <laughs> kind of down, and that was survival at all costs situation too. And this uh was the same but different. <laughs> different mm-hmm. but the same, same difference. I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Probably something like cheesy and fun. I do want to do Spice World at some point. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> even though it's not very grungy, but I just really like it. I think it's really cool. Um, I keep forgetting to say uh write a review and sign up for the patreon so i need to make a post-it note so i can say that in the beginning of the show or create my own little like cheesy ad that i can yeah. just plug in in the middle of the show so that um you guys like will buy the patreon <laughs> it's five bucks a month <laughs> 
<laughs> and we have an extra episode per week. So it's double the content. We're doing like TV episodes over there. We are going to do another, uh, we have to do Buffy season two recap coming up, a Roswell recap, Yay. probably Roswell season one. Um, we're going to do like some other movies that aren't really like grungy, but are just in the wheelhouse of movies we like, like First Wives Club and all that. So we have to do that kind of soon. Yeah. And cool. yeah, so it'll be super fun. So until the next one, we'll see you later. Bye. Call your bye. parents. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Call bye. Your parents. <laughs>